Lucy Joy. Happy Leap Day. Leap Day. It makes me think of that 30 Rock episode with Leap Day. Do you remember that episode? I don't I don't know 30 Rock as well as you do. Like I don't have any of the episodes memorized. It's really it's really it, I would it, it's worth looking up. It's like nothing nothing counts cuz it's Leap Day like everything you can do whatever you want cuz like nothing counts. Right, cuz it's a day that doesn't really exist. Right. Yeah. And there's this like you know how NBC and just always has or I guess any of those um, networks just always have the most random made for TV movies playing on those types of holidays where it's like they're and they're always making fun of that in 30 Rock where it's like this year MLK Day is getting spicy and it's like a you know love triangle movie about MLK Day and they have a Leap Day movie that is like playing in the background of every scene like on every TV and it has Jim Carrey in it and it's just a funny little cameo. Oh, uh, when I was in college, I did like a research assistant job the lady that i worked for had a baby on leap day and so it was always like i just remember being like oh that kid's gonna have like a hard time figuring out the birthday because it doesn't happen every year i always think of her like i wonder how they're doing i'm sure his kids like or her kid is like 25 now but i just totally remember that (laughs) or if you have a leap day birthday how has that been for you people listeners we would like to know so what i learned from the past episode was that i really need to just develop a routine yes the takeaway a laxative situation like part of me was like duh why don't i just why don't i just make this a routine of doing something about it before it becomes a problem <laughs> like yeah the takeaway definitely was like you got to be proactive you got to start taking something even if it's not a laxative a lot of people recommended like a stool softener and start taking that a couple days before you go on vacation so that and it's right. not going to like force you to poop unnecessarily but it will just help things move along and yeah I was so many people very validating have, so many people have this problem yeah so many people have this problem and you put a poll in stories that was like how many people have this problem everyone does but so many people were DMing us like this is something that I actively have to treat before I even go on a trip So that's going to be my new routine. Like it's going to be, it made me laugh because I'm like, oh, for so long, I literally was just like toughing it out. Like there was nothing I could do about it. And there's so much that we can do about it. There's so much. It's the weird thing about like taking medications for stuff. I always worry that if I like start taking something, I'm going to become reliant on it. Where does that come from? I I know. It's so weird. I don't know if... Of any, I mean, other than sip, than things that are like truly addictive, I really think that's a myth that like once you start taking something, you're never going to be able to go back off of it. Prove me wrong, I guess. But like for like those types, you know, like a laxative or like a heartburn medication, like this, I mean, I take antidepressants and I don't worry about being addicted to that because it's not something you can really be addicted to. It just really helps you out. But I feel like that is something that I always think about, like anything related to lack, anything related to your system moving along. If I start taking something, because they always say like, oh, if you take laxatives, your system doesn't learn how to poop on its own. Or someone please debunk that for us once and for all. Well, Sassy could. Yes. Sassy could probably. In general, for anything you take. Because this is a belief that John Hay deeply holds about supplements, even though he is the, Mm -hmm. yes, my dad, even though he is the chief supplement taker of the universe. 
he will be like, you can't take melatonin because it just like tells your body to stop making its own melatonin. I'm like, I am positive. That is not what happens. But he, it's a, it's a belief out there that like once you start taking something, it tells your body that like your body doesn't need to do it anymore. People think that about SSRIs too, like about antidepressants that like if you are taking an SSRI, then your body just is like, "Mm, we don't need to make serotonin anymore. Like I'm pretty sure your brain doesn't do that. Like that's not how antidepressants work. So can somebody who's like a doctor, please let us know. Is there any- Can a doctor please weigh in? Is there any truth to that? I should just phone a friend. Yeah. I should phone my friend, my ER doctor friend. Because uh, she's it. the one who said to take Miralax before yeah. I go on a trip. She's like, she knows. just take Miralax and uh, call it a day. Because I feel like that in particular, like that belief though has held so many people that I know back from like taking very well researched, like non, you know, like things like melatonin or things like whatever. People where, are where, like, so afraid. Well, but. I think it's a common misconception that if you start ta- that if you take something to help your body do something, then that somehow tells your body that it can just like go out to lunch and not have to worry about doing that thing anymore. And I just don't think that's how our bodies work. Prove me yeah. wrong, please. Because if but if I'm right, then we're gonna open up a whole world of supplementation to everyone out there. <laughs> Right. But the other thing is we probably could ask 20 different doctors and get 20 different answers. Could we though? I don't know. Maybe it's different like based on the thing, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway. Yes. I just think that we have, it, we could go off onto like people freaking out about vaccines and all of that. Like we kind of have this mistrust with the pharmaceutical companies. I think that's understandable. You know, it's understandable. We haven't had great experiences with, you know, but let's I take think that's different. The opioids. Opioids, yeah. <laughs> Opioid pandemic. Pandemic? Is that what it's called? Epidemic. Epidemic. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I just... So that's understandable, but we can't just generalize it to every single thing. For sure. But I think the the specific worry of if I take this, my body will stop naturally doing its thing in favor yeah. of the synthetic option. That in particular, I think, is the is what I want to have debunked. Like whether or not we all need to be taking stuff left and right is up for debate and up for your situation and you know again that can there's a lot of different things that can go into that i'm specifically curious of like if you take a synthetic version of something is there any risk that your body is going to be like cool i don't have to do that anymore mm-hmm. uh, molly in the chat says apparently over-the-counter nose sprays can be addictive but i'm more addicted to breathing so whatever <laughs> <laughs> well i Touché, remember that whenever i would get in flonase or no not flonase it was whenever you take those nose sprays for like when you have a cold, I remember my doctor would be like, do not take this for more than three days. And I think it's because you're, you start to become, yeah, Afrin, you become reliant on it. So I was always like deathly afraid of taking it because you do, when you're, when you're that sick, you will do anything to get a good night's sleep. Yeah, definitely decongestants and opioids. Yeah, so, and like opioids are literally addictive. Like that's not what I'm talking they about. They are addictive. Right? That's right. different. Sure. Your body's not like, you're, you're developing a chemical dependence on something. That's different yes. than like, oh, I started taking melatonin and now my body doesn't make melatonin anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's a very that's very fair. I mean, this could open up a whole can of worms of a, totally. of a discussion around people who have a, more of like a propensity to become an addict to something. Whereas I've taken opioids for surgeries before and I loathe what they do to my body. So it's just like... I have heard though that when you are like... And someone that I'm very close to is addicted to opiates for a long time. What I have heard is that when you're in pain and you actually need them, it's a very different experience from when you are like fine and take a bunch. I'm not gonna I don't know why. I mean I'm sure it has something to do with like the receptors, right? Like when you actually need sure. it and like the it 
it actually goes into doing what you needed to do instead of like going into making you feel high. That's my understanding because I also hate, like if I, I've had a few surgeries in my life and I try to take the opiates for as little as possible because they make me feel terrible. But Mm -hmm. that is apparently, obviously not the experience that people have who take them recreationally. It is a beast. I mean, I've been watching the latest season that was released on Amazon Prime of Intervention. I really like that show probably because I'm in mental health and I always like to watch human behavior. That is something that I really, really feel strongly about when people have like a true addiction. And anyway, it's a lot, but I think backing up a little bit to the whole thing of just taking a laxative if you're on a trip. Someone wrote us and was like, I didn't poop for 14 days when I was like on a, you know, international trip for whatever, two weeks. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. I think we really need to normalize traveling tools such as laxatives if we need them. Anyway, moving on from the poop conversation with the FRPs. <laughs> Um, We had some great questions this week, but first I want to tell you guys all that Evie started riding a bike with two wheels this weekend. It's like, feels like the little kid years are really ending in my house. And I am Mm -hmm. feeling very bittersweet about it because also two weeks ago, we cleaned her room. We like did a big, a big like clean out. She, when we moved into this house, like about two years ago now, we moved her out of her crib into a twin bed, but the twin bed had a rail, like we had like a little temporary railing that we had on it that you can buy these railings when you travel that basically just like hook under the mattress like the mattress kind of props them up they have little feet on them I guess that you kind of shove under the mattress and then like the little railing gets held up by the weight of the mattress and she has had that on the whole time and then like I finally took that off two weeks ago because I really she didn't need anymore then this weekend she stopped using training wheels like wow it is really the end of the little kid era big time in my house right now. And I'm like kind of sad about it. I mean, it's yeah, it's both. You know, like it's it's great. I love Evie's so fun. Like I'm not we've talked about this so many times about parenting that like I think it has more to do with just this sadness that those versions of them are gone because they're so sweet. Like little like two and three year old Evie, it was so sweet. And she is still so sweet. And I still have those like really cute, sweet moments with her. But it's just like, oh. It's different as they age. It's really it's different. different phases. And yeah. yeah but that's she really was exciting. so That cute. video you posted was really cute. Oh gosh, where she's she like, was... you're like, good job. She's like, thank you. Miles was <laughs> she's that, yeah. like, He's like, good oh, job, yeah. Evie. She's like, thank you. I know. She's so cute. She was so psyched. She picked it up right away. That was like within five minutes of us taking off our training wheels. She got the hang of it right away. And I think this is just a symptom of like the fact that she could have already done it a lot sooner. Like she's definitely has the balance. She definitely has the strength. You know, she's five and she's pretty big for five. So like, so like the, you know, the physical skills were there. And so it just Mm -hmm. was a matter of like getting her confidence up to take off the training wheels. And the second I took them off, we did like maybe three or four passes up and on the street with me holding the back of her seat. And then the one I posted on Instagram stories was the first time I let go. And she just like within, I'm not exaggerating, 10 minutes after that video was taken, she was riding completely by herself, starting and stopping by herself, turning around by herself, like off to the races. It was wild. And she was so excited. You know, when little kids get so excited that they just like scream. Yeah. She was just doing like every time she'd stop, she'd just be like, "Ah!" (laughs) so can't contain it. Totally. And this morning we were driving to preschool and she goes, mom, I'm going to tell all my friends that I can ride a two wheel. Oh my, I mean, that's like, she's probably telling her teacher. I mean, that's just so cute. It is the headline of the day for Mm -hmm. sure. 
So, well, speaking of bikes, you were also oh, yeah. practicing your balance. You know, I'm like doing a little Instagram. It was reel a bike thing. balance weekend. It was a real bike balance weekend. Yeah, because so in Colorado, the mountain biking trails have been closed for weeks and weeks and weeks because we have a type of soil here that is very high in clay. And so if you ride your bike through it when it's muddy, it will dry with like the imprint of your wheel so clearly marked in there. And so if you have an area like Boulder that's so heavily, you know, there's every single person biking. If you were to have the trails open when they're even a little bit wet, you're going to destroy the trail within one weekend. Even if it's just a couple people, like it really, if you have those deep kind of like rivets that you make with your bike wheel and it dries in there, then that can cause erosion in the trail. Long story short, they close the trails when it's wet here, which is like we've been in this cycle now probably since about mid-January where it's been raining, snowing, it's been precipitating, mostly snow, about once a week, which is enough to just keep the trails closed because they just don't quite have enough time to dry out until before the next storm hits. So I haven't been, even though this week was super, super nice, it was like in the 50s and sunny, it just didn't quite get there because then we had, you know, then like on Thursday, it just snowed in the middle of the morning and it's like just been just enough precipitation to keep them closed. I was really getting antsy because I wanted to go biking. And so I decided like, okay, there's so many things. Like once again, I started mountain biking in September. Like I have been on a grand total of like six mountain bike rides in my life. I just love it so much. But I have no skills. Like you, there's just like anything, there's so many like little ways that you can build skills that translate into what you want to be doing out on the trail. And a lot of them are based off of just working on your balance on your bike. And so one of those things is called track stands, which is literally just standing still on your bike and trying to see how long you can go without falling over. It's a really good skill to have because it just helps you like if you're having to move really slowly through part of a trail or if you're going uphill and you're moving slowly, it helps with the skill of keeping your balance. So I've been working on that and um, Jess Beacom, who is our friend and who's great, took me out. She's like a certified mountain bike instructor and so she saw my first um, reel the other day of me just like failing in my front yard and she's like, you want to go like work on this? I was like, I do actually. She's like, would you like some help? (laughs) Would you like some help? I was like, yeah, I really need some help. So she, we went to the Valmont bike park. There's this really great like skate park, bike park in Boulder. It's open because it's more like maintained. The dirt part of it wasn't open, but there's like a, a lot of it is paved. First of all, it was so windy. This is the thing about the Front Range, like the Denver-Boulder area. So windy. in Denver-Boulder in the winter, if it's going to be above 50, I always forget this. It means it's going to be like literally 50 plus mile per hour winds. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that it's not uncommon to get like 60 to even 70, 80, 90 mile an hour gusts. Not uncommon at all. Yeah. At my parents' house, it is so windy. We, I mean, they built the houses with that in mind obviously they don't want the houses blowing away but we will be in their house sometimes and i'm like the roof is just about to blow off that's how oh yeah like it it was keeping us up so windy it makes you feel like your house is gonna blow over yeah and like for some there it's always trash day oh yes i was like when i went to the gym this morning there were trash cans everywhere Everywhere. and i always feel so bad i'm like oh yeah it's trash day for us today like trash cans everywhere all over the neighborhood so we're at this bike park and it's also a skate park and i'm watching kids just get blown off their skateboards left (laughs) and right (laughs) And at one point, like a huge gust came up and Jess was like just at the wrong angle and it caught her off guard and almost knocked her over. And I mean, like she's a grown ass woman. It almost knocked her over. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she. So you built up some extra, you had some extra resistance pushing against you for your balance. It was advanced skills. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was super fun. It was nice to like be able to still kind of move around on my bike and work on some actual skills. I'm, I'm hoping that I can get to a point. The thing that I don't want to do about just sort of like taking this into my own hands and just kind of like getting out there and getting started. I think that there's a lot of value when you're a beginner of just like doing it as much as you can and learning along the way. But I'm trying to balance that with not wanting to like create bad habits that I have to unlearn later. So like there's that balance when you're learning something new that like you want to just kind of do it and get experience and like time on the bike. But I also don't want to have to, you know, just like muscle my way through things and then come to find out later that there was a better way to be doing it. And now I have to relearn how to do it. It was funny. Yesterday, Jess was like a couple of times she'd be like, um, has anyone taught you? I was like, listen, you're literally the only person I ride with. So if you haven't taught it to me, no, no one's taught me. You're like, don't worry. You're not telling me something I already know. No, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have no other uh, in, I have no other information other than Instagram, which I no, actually like share. learned a lot from on Instagram. Anyway, should we dive into some Q&A? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's see. How about uh, someone asked if they if we could do a Denver meetup soon, which we have not done. We haven't Denver. done something like that Denver. in so long. We really should. So uh, if you are interested in a Denver meetup. Yeah, maybe we could let us know do the Botox party with that, too. I cannot believe how hard it's been to get. Yeah, I was going to say, give us an scheduled. update on the Botox party because it sounds like. It's really just that like I keep reaching out to them and it's like every time I talk to someone, it's a different person and they're like, okay, well, I think it's also a little bit hard because I'm a little bit unclear on what I'm because I'm like, well, we're definitely going to have at least six people, but it probably could be up to like 12. And they're like, well, we really need to know. I'm like, well, you tell me when the date is that would work and then I'll tell you how many people. And they're like, that's not how this works. I'm like, can you make it work that way? Because that's how I need it to work. Okay. Okay. And all so right. that's well, the situation someone did, that I get in. But someone did write us and said they had like a friend who that's true. owns we a salon. To, maybe we could just like have a meetup and have them come to us. Yes. Why don't we have that person contact us? Let's go with that instead of yeah. alchemy. Because it sounds like alchemy is like. Which I get. Like I think normally this is like, oh, it's a sure. group of girlfriends or like a book club or something. And it's like, oh, there's eight of us and we're all going to be there at 530. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I don't actually know most of these people who are going to be there. This is like our Ireland trip. The trip coordinator, every time I talk to her and she's like, well, what are what flights are people taking i'm like i don't know and she's like why don't you how do you not know i'm like lady i don't actually know any of these people (laughs) she's always so confused and i have to be like oh remember this is the podcast because they this group does so many tours but they're mostly tours yeah of like like, people yeah like a class or something right and not right a church or or something exactly or like they're they're based off of they got started as like educational tours. Like they would take like That's right. a high school class to Spain, Spanish class to Spain or whatever. And so they do now more stuff like this. Obviously, like they're getting into it, but they're really obviously used to doing things with with like more organized groups. And I'm like, I don't know where people are coming from. I don't know why people are or are not booking their flights through you. I don't know where people, if like people are coming in early. Don't ask me these questions. You got to ask the people. <laughs> On that note, we really need, we have one month before people can sign up and it's finalized, right? Yeah, Just I think an March- FYI. 21st is the absolute like drop dead date because then then we'll be yeah. three months out which is crazy it's so soon crazy it's so weird it's gonna be here so soon so, omg so if you have been thinking about it the deadline is coming up after march 21st you will not be able to register anymore not be able to register get on it we only have a handful of spots left too i mean this is a great group of people so i am fun. And so excited and it's such a good group like there's a couple spouses who are coming there's a couple people mm-hmm. who are coming with friends i think one or two folks are bringing their moms like yep. it's a wide range of ages it is adults yep. only so unfortunately no teens but wide range of ages there are men 
men who will be on the trip. There will be all different. Uh, Show up solo. Yeah. We're but your also besties. Plenty and of solo people. Like probably half the trip. Plenty is of solo. solo. Scott is is coming to the trip, and he's going to Pearl Jam the night before the trip starts. Isn't that really cool timing? That's perfect. I'm so glad that's working out for him. Pearl Jam is the night before our trip starts, that so is he's crazy. flying in a day early to go see Pearl Jam in Dublin and then we're going to fly in and meet him and then he'll join us on the trip the next day. I'm like, that could not have worked out more perfectly. So So, yes. So yes to a Denver meetup soon. Uh, You have a month left for Ireland. If you have been on the fence or thinking about that, that is going to be... I everyone when we do like a group email I always email everyone and say get ready to make some core memories because I just feel like those trips are full of them totally yes yeah um okay speaking of the mountain biking thing somebody wrote this and I just wanted to answer it really quick because I think this person was like being sort of cheeky but I wanted to talk about it they say when will I be cool enough to bandana like Claire and I love this person asked that because there is actually some significance behind my bandana that I wear when I'm mountain biking because like wearing a bandana is sort of this you know it's like kind of a cool I don't know I see it as like kind of a cool thing to do like but it also gives me really serious imposter syndrome as does my bike like I have a very nice bike for someone who has no idea what they're doing so I actually consciously wear that on purpose as a way of being being like, you know what? Nobody here knows that I am not, that I don't know what I'm doing. And like, if I show up and look the part, everyone's going to assume I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to embody that. I'm going to embody that. Like I am just here to do my thing and that it's going to look like whatever it's going to look like. I don't have to impress anybody and they can have whatever opinion about me they want. And you know, I'm here like my, I have like the look down and I know that people like it's, It's ironic because when you're starting a new sport, especially an outdoor sport, and I experience this, I've seen people experience this with skiing, climbing, I mean, you name it, particularly with outdoor sports. It's this like damned if you do, damned if you don't with what you wear. Because if you have the gear and you look like you know what you're doing, but you don't know what you're doing, then people are like, well, you, you know, that person is just a a poser or faker. Like they don't, they shouldn't really be wearing that. If you don't know what you're doing and you show up in the wrong gear, now you're a gaper or a jerry. Like now you're just like, what are you even doing out here? You don't even have the right gear. It's like, well, which one is it? Are they supposed to show up in the right gear and like fake it till they make it? Or are they supposed to show up in like the beginner gear and look like a beginner? Like you lose either way. I really see that in skiing, but I also have experienced it in mountain biking already. Because I, I mean, also I have remember like- that in a little bit in CrossFit or totally. running. I think it's but any- I think I think it's the culture of really any type of sport because sometimes if I'm at a race and I see people running in jeans or jean shorts, I'm like, that's amazing. Like they're almost too good to have come to a point where they can push themselves to chafe that much yeah, and the run George through. thing <laughs> is like a whole movement. Um, but it's, I think like... But gear is so fun. Gear is so fun and it's <laughs> so fun to like so... put on my little mountain biker costume and like go on my little yeah. bike. Molly says, I love to buy gear and it's fun to look the part. Even if I'm totally new at something, I'm taking a beginner pottery class and I bought a cute apron to wear to fit my pottery lady aesthetic. Yes, like Mm -hmm. put on your little pottery lady outfit and your costume and just like show up. I had a friend in college who when she started grad school, she took it. She did an MBA program and she up to this point had been a very casual looking person. But in in MBA programs, you're supposed to wear business casual or even business formal to your classes. And every day she would be like, I'm going to put on my MBA costume. 
costume. Like I'm putting on my grad school costume. I'm going to go to go to my grad school classes. And it was just like such a fun way to think about it. I think it's great. But so the bandana is my way of being like, you know what? I may not know what I'm doing, but I'm still going to put on my mountain biker costume and have a lot of fun. I loved wearing bandanas during the pandemic. I thought they looked so cool. They're so cool. I was always they wearing so bandanas. It's yeah, they look so cute accessory. all the time. Yeah. 10 out of 10. I own like five bandanas. I want more. They're so fun. They are very fun. It's like a um, whenever Scott, Scott goes to a concert or now Scott wears like majority of the time when he goes to Orange Theory, he'll wear bandanas because he sweats so much. So instead of buying posters or like more expensive gear at concerts, now most of the bands are making bandanas. So that's like his new cute. thing that he collects. That. Yeah, it's really cute. Um, I always feel that way. I mean, I've felt that way notoriously when I mean, whenever I was around people or like if I was like that we're doing something really sporty even if I was at the beach and I was around surfers or like people were surfing I was I wasn't even participating in the sport but I would feel really insecure just being around that culture because it's just it is there's like something really special and sacred to it where I don't know I could see how people would like go into that feeling really intimidated it's intimidating like that's why sometimes I get really nervous about trying new things like even when we we've gone to Hawaii or like you know paddleboarding or anything I'm like oh I'm really nervous because you just don't want to be bad yeah I think that's the other big thing and we've talked about this a lot or I have like there's something I don't know what happened in the last like two years but I really just got over that and maybe it's because I got to the point I'm how old am I how old are you are we 36 and 46 or 37 you're 36 thank you you're 36 okay thanks I keep rounding up for some reason. I keep thinking. I will 1000% forget how old I am soon. I know. I just yeah. need, yeah. I can't. Anyway, I think it's maybe because I got to being 36 and like I've never been naturally good at anything physical. I am not naturally athletic. I'm just not. And that's fine. So I finally got to the point where I was like, I don't have another choice. If I'm afraid of being bad at something, I'm never going to do anything new ever again. Yeah, we could like not dance because we fear everyone watching or we could dance like no one's watching type of thing. Yeah, kind of. And it's like, I just, everybody says like, oh, everyone's a beginner at some point. That's not that. That's not as true. That's not as equal. It's It's sort of like the 24 hours in a day of being situation like yeah exactly some people are better at things naturally than others yes and I am not one of those people when it comes to sports but what I am really good at is just not caring at all which I think is more valuable um Allison says it's nice to buy a little bit of motivation sometimes also very true so true you just gotta like have a cute little fit and now you're gonna like do your little thing Mm -hmm. you take a fictional character to a chain restaurant Ooh, a chain restaurant I love that tidbit who are you taking and where are you going I'm taking Moira Rose Oh, wow. And we're going to a diner. I immediately started thinking of book characters, but Moira is a very, very good choice. Are you taking her mm-hmm. to like IHOP? Yeah, I would say like IHOP or even just like one of the Denver historic diners. It has to be a chain restaurant. Oh, a chain restaurant. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. A chain restaurant. Would, I, yeah, like I'd Denny's? say like an IHOP type of Denny's. Yeah. Because yeah, I just associate her in that type of setting. So I'm like, yes. yeah, Schitt's Creek. That would be so All the way. Fun. So she could be like... So she, because she would want to impress everybody with like the look of her. You should and so take it has her to be to, like, like a- Olive Garden so she can pretend to be fancy. I feel like Olive Garden is the the quintessential fake fancy. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> people love Olive Garden and people love Red Lobster. We have a Red Lobster nearby us and every time we drive by it is packed and Scott's okay. always like who? Their rolls are so good there? though. I haven't had their I haven't been there probably since I was a kid so yeah. I don't remember. They have these like I just know oh, they're so good. Olive Garden and like the unlimited breadsticks yeah. and salad. Like that's all we would eat in high school because we were like breadsticks and salad because we had no money. <laughs> 
delicious. It's like at Red Robin, you get unlimited fries. Let's see. Yeah, what would, what would you do? Hmm. I mean, my mind immediately went to Dumbledore. Where would I take Dumbledore? Maybe like Starbucks. Oh, I love that. <laughs> What would the drink be? By the way, what's up with the new olive oil drinks at Starbucks? Oh my gosh, I'm not I down don't know. My face <laughs> that sounds so gross. Horrible. I don't even, I think that was like last summer, right? They came out. I just. It does sound like, I feel like it's it's old, but then I just see signs popping up for those drinks again. And I'm like, those sound disgusting. disgusting. Someone please tell me what they actually taste like. I saw so many, when they first came out, I saw so many tweets that were like, this is just poop juice. <laughs> Um, all right, chat friends, let us know if you have one. If you could take a fictional character to a chain restaurant, who are you taking and where are you going? We'll come back to you. Hannah asked, any legit job coaches out there? Yes, there are. There is an app that I worked with for a while. I actually worked with this app when I was at Kaiser because they gave us some free sessions with BetterUp, not BetterHelp, which is the therapy platform, but BetterUp. And they have a really good credentialed list of people that can help you with kind of like life coaching, job coaching, totally different than therapy. So I would say go, this is not an ad, but I really liked that experience. And I think Prince William or no Prince Harry invested in the company or is like a spokesperson for them, which I think is totally random, but kind of cute. So I would say go check out BetterUp. I had a really nice coach that helped me a lot while I was there. Someone asked, how many clothes does Joy own? I have the impression you're always shopping. This is the funny thing. I don't have a lot of new clothes. I buy things and I wear them forever. So while I may like I may look like I'm shopping all the time, rarely do I buy things. And when I do buy something, it is something I will wear to the very bitter end or I will like recycle it and sell it. But the things that I own, like this James Purse tank that I'm wearing, I probably have been wearing for the past five years. I buy a lot of staples, which Scott taught me to do like a very much like a capsule wardrobe. I really don't buy that many new clothes. The, the thing is when I'm going shopping, I always think now, how often am how often am I going to wear this? And if I'm not going to wear it like every week or like every other day, I don't buy it. I have a ton of sweatpants that I wear because like working from home, I'm always like in some type of like athleisure. So mostly I buy things from Outdoor Voices, but again, always on sale. Rarely do I do full price. So my shopping is more like I'm browsing for things and looking. I'd say I spend most of my time shopping for products, which I guess I just got this really great new um, tinted serum that I love. I'll have to post that in our stories, but I really don't have a lot of clothes. I do a lot of like right now I'm doing another haul for a pickup, a donation. I do a donation pickup almost every month because it forces us to get rid of things. So even though I do look like I shop a lot, most of the time it's like if Scott and I are on a trip, we love to shop but we don't buy a lot. We just we like just to like look to at things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like also a lot of the stuff that you get that's new, you're not even buying it. Scott's buy- Scott is like, oh, I found this thing Scott, and I got it for you. Scott loves to purchase things. Yes. He is very much a shopper and a buyer. But the funny thing is, so he, you know how he has like a bazillion Nike shoes. He recently just got this like motivation to start selling a bunch. So he is, it's so funny, like almost every day. So he probably has like 50 boxes in his office right now. And he posts them on StockX, which is like the resale, the legit resale site for really high demand, popular, hard to get shoes. And man, he is like going to FedEx almost every single day with like boxes and boxes. He sells them so quickly. He is making bank on that. I'm like, man, you are, you're quite the... Because, you know, he buys them and he just like holds them forever and they like triple or quadruple their 
value. So he's getting rid of things. So now it's like, oh, yay, we have some room in the closet that's not like all Nike shoes. shoes. All right. Some people from the chat have said that they would take Emily Gilmore from Gilmore Girls to Chili's because she would be absolutely horrified. And that reminded me of when Lucille and Lindsay go to Klimpy's in Arrested Development and get drunk and get in a fight. And the the line when the server is like, plate or platter? And Lucille Booth says, I don't understand the question and I won't respond to it. <gasps> I love that line. I, I don't understand the question and I won't respond to it. <laughs> or some people would also say they would they would go out with Rory. I'm not a big Gilmore Girls person. I just like never got into mm-hmm. it, but I appreciate the fandom. I do too. I never got into it, but I really feel like I need to watch it just because it was right at the cusp of like, I think after college. So I wasn't really watching a lot of shows at the time. Anyway, that's a good one though. Um, all right. Somebody says I'm pregnant with my first, how to clear adjust to how rapidly your body changes. This is a, a little bit of a more, it's going to be different for everybody. For me, the, it was really different between my first, between my two pregnancies. With Miles, I just like tried to hold on for dear life to my fitness, and I like coached CrossFit until I was thirty eight weeks pregnant. That helped. Like, I just like staying active and still doing the things that I wanted to do, and really helped me stay like kind of present in my body and not really obsessed too much over the physical changes because I felt like I was still able to do the things I wanted to do. When I was pregnant with Evie, I was so sick that I like literally couldn't even, I would throw up if I started breathing hard. So I didn't work out at all. In that one, I really kind of just let it go. And that was a really conscious thing I had to do where I would, I wore like baggier clothes. I just like would really try to kind of distance myself from that constant need to check in with my body. And while at the time, I remember thinking like, oh, I'm like giving up. Like, you know, there's this whole narrative around like, oh, you're just going to give up. And like, no, it was just like a, I was making a conscious choice to not obsess and not constantly be thinking about the changes in my body. And it was very liberating. And it's something that I really take to this day. And so I know that that's easier said than done to just like stop worrying about it. It's really less of a stop worrying about it as like a just don't you know just like let it go and more of like a really actively try to focus on other things and whether that's the things you can do or whether that's like focusing on other aspects of your pregnancy or other aspects of what's going on in your life and just letting your body be what it's going to be it's definitely not a passive like I think when people think when I say that people think like oh I'm just going to sort of passively let it go it was not passive for me at all like I had to really focus on being okay with it but it was very liberating. And yeah, it's still something that to this day, I'm like, that phase of my life gave me so much freedom to not think about my body as much as I always had. So I hope that helps. I know it's a little bit oversimplified, but it's hard. It's really hard, especially when your body is like kind of been the same probably since you were just out of college or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like every day you wake up and it's totally different. You have to be able to just kind of like ignore it a little bit. Somebody says, let's talk about how unhinged birth fit has gotten. I literally stopped following birth fit during the pandemic and have not gone back. So yeah, cannot comment. Same. No comment because we really haven't connected with the owners and also like just completely unfollowed them back in. Those are one of those ones where I was like, I don't need to watch this train wreck. And like, clearly this is going down a road that I really don't agree with or like resonate with anymore. So I'm just going to unfollow and like let it happen. If you were to pick a day of your favorite meals, what would be your breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert? Obviously for you, it would be pancakes for breakfast. <laughs> pancakes, cereal. Lately I've been like, I really want to go on a cereal trend. I went to Costco this week and I, again, looked at the big box of Pop-Tarts and thought about buying it. 
I didn't, but one day I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to buy a bunch of Pop-Tarts and I'll just give them out to my neighbors and I'll enjoy like a big old handful of the, yeah. Uh, But it would probably start out with pancakes. Lunch would probably be a sandwich of some sort, maybe like from, I love this vegan Reuben at Gladys at Edgewater Public Market. It's so good. For dinner and dessert, I'm just going to skip to dessert because that's a lot of food. I'm like, that's okay. Let's see. Dessert, I would probably have some sort of hmm, chocolate cake. Oh, I love chocolate cake. All the carbs, basically. That's great. For me, for breakfast, I would have like a really good Eggs Benedict. I love Eggs Benedict. I just love hollandaise sauce really is the key. Um, Hollandaise sauce is so good. For lunch, I would have like a fat bagel sandwich. I'm really in a bagel sandwich phase right now. So like bagels, just everything is better on a bagel. For dinner, I would do tacos most likely or soup dumplings really in a soup dumpling phase. And for dinner or dessert, I would have tiramisu. I love tiramisu. Delicious. A lot of people want to know what's going on with Love is Blind. I cannot weigh in. I have not seen the show. So, I mean, I don't want to give spoilers because I'm sure there's people on here that haven't watched like the full episodes up to this point. And by the time this episode airs, I believe the last, I don't know, handful of episodes, they release them like five at a time. And so far, I haven't been super over excited about this season. Like, it's okay, but there's just, I mean, in general, there's just this one gal, and I'm not going to, no spoilers, but she's just kind of like this, it's, you know what it is? It always happens this way. When you're behind a screen, you live in a fantasy, you build up this fantasy in your mind about who this person is. And they become, you know that like when you first meet someone and you're giddy and everything's perfect, (laughs) that's what the pods are. They're like flirty and everything's dreamy. And then they're like talking about their life together. And there's no consequences and you can just There's no consequences. I mean, duh. Like, I know this is kind of Captain Obvious here, but like, it's just one of those things where every single time, I think my favorite part, because it proves to me again and again and again, that we cannot live in fantasy worlds and relationships, that once they get out of the pods and life starts happening, everything hits the fan. That's that's kind of like what I live for with this show. But in particular, there's this one gal who just kind of is, uh, for lack of a better term, we all say this in therapy, like, when someone is gamey, basically, like, they're just trying, they're kind of being manipulative in a way where you're just like, be honest and be straight with us. And they're just kind of like playing games with you. That person is driving me bananas. I don't know. I don't really have any like, great insights. I think it's, I still love the show because I think it's a really hilarious human experience or human experiment. But almost all the time people are like, once they get out, they're just like this the one thing I can't stand about this girl is how insecure she is. Like, <laughs> I get we all have insecurities, but how many times can you ask a person, Claire, like, do you like me? Are you sure you like me? Before someone's like, actually, no, I don't because you keep Zero asking times. me. The first time someone asked me that, I'd be like, you, oh, yes, you pl- please leave. I don't think I could literally... And a lot of times, like, on Love Island or Love is Blind, they call it getting the ick. Like, this person, they Uh say it a lot in... It's a very Love is... It's a very Love Island saying where they go, did they give you the ick? Yeah. If there was, like, something that they did. And you you never really know what that is going to be with someone. But if somebody was out of the gate... Yeah, like, I get the ick when puts um, toilet paper in his nose when he's sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a... (laughs) That's the ick. (laughs) That is the ick where when someone comes out of the pot and they're like all lovey-dovey and then all of a sudden 
Um, yeah, Mackenzie says, can we talk about Jeremy? Where was he at 5am? Yeah, we don't. I mean, these are all things where people who haven't watched it, you will figure this out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Claire, I have to tell you this one thing <laughs> about this girl. It's the, this is the girl, right? This is the funniest part of this show. I have to say, because there is a guy who acts like the things that he says are so offensive, but he acts like it's almost that saying in the Taylor Swift song where, song where it's like so casually cruel in the name of being honest, where he's like, that's not mean, it's just honest, you know? But there's the insecure girl behind the screen was like, people tell me I look like Megan Fox. And he's like, Megan Fox? He's like eyes coming out of his head type of like cartoon reaction. He's like, ah. And then when he meets her, his like little B-roll where he's like talking to the camera, he's like, she doesn't look like Megan Fox. He goes, He's like, she lied to me and she doesn't look like Megan Fox. Like, wow, that, is that so guy rude. is just covered that is in red so flags. Rude. Wow. This is He's like, well, she lied to me. Because I'm like, oh, these people are just like horrible. Like there are men watching this thinking like, yes, this is the correct behavior to have. What? It's very true. <laughs> yeah, but it is. is it an is, and that way to like that is just. Act. But then there's this other gal. I mean, the the gal that kind of like that guy gave up. When she, when he broke up with her, she's like, you are going to lose your mind when you see what I look like. I mean, just the, the characters of these people, they just do a really good job of casting. And of course, Nick Lachey, Vanessa are, of course, just the stars of the show. And they just waltz in, get a paycheck for saying, welcome to Love is Blind. Anyway, so that's like my unofficial, it is what it is. Nothing really changes. It's the same thing every season, just with like really interesting characters and cast. But I'm excited to see like by the end of this, or by when this episode comes out, I'll be watching the last part of it. I'm I'm really more invested in the new season of Vanderpump Rules, to be honest with you. I am, I am here for that. It is quite something. Okay, what else? A couple more? Yes. Is Joy going to be raising another puppy anytime soon? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked this question. I recently talked to the the gal, the lady who donated to name Cadet, and we have been talking about names. So that is in the works. I have really, in the past month specifically, I think now that everything has settled with like the holidays and Joe home and Butters and like our little family dynamic here is settled that I'm really missing puppy raising. It makes me realize how happy it makes me, gives me more of a purpose. And so we're going to be getting the ball rolling to kind of get some timing about that. So we don't have a date yet, but it's definitely in the works. I'm really excited. I just missed, I missed the little, I mean, I was talking to a coworker the other night because we had this like work happy hour (laughs) at the hip Disneyland (laughs) And uh, it was this restaurant that was like, it was so fun. Someone was asking me about puppy raising. And I was like, yeah, I just really can't wait to have like a puppy again. And and they looked at me like I had three heads. They're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, it's just when you start puppy raising, you know, the drills so well. So it's not like anything. Right. Most people, it's like, I know, cannot wait for the puppy phase to end so we can like to get be over. into having an actual dog. Yeah. Yeah. The last and thing I want. for me, I'm like, the puppies are so fun. They're just so cute. Evie was like, <laughs> the other day we were talking about dogs and puppies and Evie was like, let's we should get another puppy. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. We will not be getting another puppy probably ever because... By the time puppies are hard. By the time that River, I mean, hopefully if River lives to her into her old age, she'll mm-hmm. like she'll be like she'll be ten, twelve when Miles is eighteen or thirteen when Miles is eighteen. So like she'll probably die around the time Miles like moves out for college. Great, done. 
family dog achieved family dog achieved i think that's gonna be it so hopefully she lasts that long because that's the timeline that i'm yeah (laughs) yeah hopefully she doesn't you know go eat a sharp stick or something that's yeah let's hope although she ate the majority of a frisbee like two weeks ago and she was fine she was constipated for a few days she's trained her stomach to just not i saw this instagram reel that was like the lab stomach is real and it was like things (laughs) it showed this just like those when you know those blockheaded labs that are so great it showed this blockheaded lab just like walking around the house it's like things i have eaten and didn't die one of them was a light bulb yeah i had a friend with a dog who literally ate like what is that antifreeze and survived it like wow insane stuff yeah river but eight, please like, watch your dogs I yeah <laughs> like she, i hopefully we'll never have to get to the point where we're worried about river like how do you how does a dog eat a light bulb it'll cut up their mouth but river was chewing on a frisbee and i like didn't think anything of it because she was just sort of gnawing on it and the next thing i know i look over and like half the frisbee is not there anymore and i was like wait a minute did you eat that? Like, it was so, I, there was, it did not occur to me that she would eat it. Cause it was one of those, like, not Kong, for, like a Nerf Frisbee, or like it's meant to be chewed up. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to me that she would just ingest it. She'd be like, yes, this was just gonna, <laughs> like, she's just so, so, so dumb. I remember when you got her a lick mat and she ate the she lick ate mat. She ate the lick mat, yep. <laughs> I mean, in her defense, I did cover it in peanut butter and she was like, this is food. <laughs> That's so true. She's yeah. like, I'm going to eat this whole thing. She did. Whereas Joe just like licks it yeah, and licks it. And she's like, like oh. no, actually, this is a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this is a, bur- a peanut butter burrito for River. <laughs> and as soon as she did that, I was like, of course she's going to do that. We also got her, you know, mm. like you, they have those things that are like mineral rocks you can put in their water bowl to keep their pee yeah. from staining in the yard. She ate that. Yes. She ate that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah molly says i love seeing pictures oh, of river no thoughts no my thoughts. favorite thing that she does is she just walks into a room and just stands there doesn't look at anything just sort of like just stands there for like minutes like what did i come like, in here for? what did i come in here for just nothing at all and just eventually sometimes she'll lay down sometimes she'll like walk away but she's just standing there like <sighs> i just really love she really is the epitome of that reel that went around where it's like <laughs> just slides off like a water slide. <laughs> just slide no right dots. off like a water slide. Oh my goodness. All right. Isn't that right. it for today? I think so. Let me see if there was anything else I wanted you like to... quickies? I think that's all the quickies. So if we didn't get to your question, thank you so much for submitting it. Some of these were a little bit longer. We didn't get to them. And we will save them for later. Yeah. Always good to have a couple great. of questions in the hopper. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can find us online at joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being here. Until next week. Have a great day. Bye, Bye everybody.